0: I live in Chicago, and right about now, the leaves are falling and so are the temperatures. This makes me want to grab a glass of red, find a fire pit, and a cozy sweater. If you are looking for a wine recommendation, may I suggest the 2018 Hannah Cabernet from Sonoma County. If you prefer white wine, the 2021 Hannah Chardonnay is a great option. This female-led winery offers absolutely delicious options for your fall table. Great pairing with more savory dishes, or to share a bottle with friends. Hannah Winery brings the rich and unique terroir of Sonoma County right to your home in every glass. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American Nationals philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Welcome to To Dine for the podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Amina Johnson.
1: I understood that my rights were fragile and that I would have to defend them. And that is when I decided that when I grew up, I was going to work in spaces that defended people's rights.
0: Amina Johnson is the executive director of Hope in a Box. Hope in a Box is a nonprofit that works to support LGBTQ students across the country through representation by providing public school educators with curated sets of books, distinctive curriculum, and community training on how to build an LGBTQ inclusive classroom. The most important part of the program is that through these books, they can affect positive change by supporting the well-being of LGBTQ students and hopefully decrease bullying. I cannot wait for my conversation with Amina Johnson. Hi, Amina. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me on To Dine for the Podcast. Of course. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm really excited about hearing your journey and hearing about Hope in a Box. But I am going to start this podcast the way I start every podcast, which is a little unique. And that is by asking you your favorite restaurant. I believe that restaurants are sometimes a great indicator and tell a little bit about somebody, whether it's where they're from or just what kind of food they like to eat. So I'm going to ask you, where would you take me if you could take me anywhere?
1: If I could take you anywhere, I would take you to Trattoria Alberto on eighth street, Southeast in DC. And I I like, a lot of different restaurants, but this restaurant is awesome. They make their own pasta. They even have homemade limoncello. And the staff (laughs) is wonderful. It's one of those places that you like go with friends and you just sit and get lost in conversation and, you know, good food, good wine, (laughs) good friends. Yes, I do. And it's like a hearty, like family meal. I love their lasagna and their penne uh, with meat sauce. It's just it's an old building. So it's, you just get transported back in time when you go in there.
0: It's so funny when, when you were describing it, the words transported almost came out of my mouth because it sounds like when you can get lost in conversation and enjoy the meal and be with friends. I mean,
1: isn't that what life is all about? It, It absolutely is. And I have some of the best memories at that restaurant. I just I love it, and the staff is just so sweet. It's so nice, and you'll probably meet the owner. And he, it's just a great place.
0: Okay, wow. Well, sold. Next time <laughs> I'm in DC, you're taking me. Okay. All right. Is Come on. a date? It's, on.
1: it's a date. Come on. <laughs> great,
0: great. You know, it's funny. I always love to hear the answer to this question, and I think it's especially purposeful for you when you were in college. Who did you want to be and what did you want to do?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, when I first went to college, I wanted to be an actress. Really? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I. That's awesome. I, I majored in theater and performance and I got over that fairly quickly. <laughs> <laughs> why? What why do you mean you got over it? So after the first year of college, you know, it's really hard to, to yes. get into the business and not only hard to get into the business but it's a lot of hard work and we would meet alumni who were you know waitressing while they were trying to get on broadway and you know all of those things and living with 10 roommates and I just was like, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. You know, (laughs) I thought, you know, I'm just going to go to Hollywood, win a couple of (laughs) Emmys and then, you know, go on with my life. And so I actually stayed in theater. And then when I was a sophomore, I changed my concentration to drama therapy Hmm. because the other thing I knew I wanted to do was help people. Hmm. That's who I wanted to be. And then what I did when I was an undergrad, yeah.
0: Drama therapy. That's really interesting. I didn't know that that was a concentration or something you could even major in. And I'm assuming it is exactly how it sounds. It's using the arts to help people heal.
1: Yep. That's exactly what it is. So, you know, there's drama therapy, there's music therapy and there's art therapy. So they're all in that same line. And you can, I just got my undergraduate degree in drama therapy. I didn't go on to get my master's and become certified and all of that. But yeah, that's exactly what it is.
0: So how did life take you to ending up at Hope in a Box? And first of all, explain what Hope in a Box is.
1: Hope in a Box is a nonprofit organization. And what we do is we equip educators in rural and Title I schools with LGBTQ inclusive books. We Mm -hmm. also give the educators training and mentorship and support. And we use the inclusive literature that we give to these educators in hopes that it will help LGBTQ plus youth feel safe and welcome and included in school.
0: And what brought you to that? What brought you to, first of all, that amazing organization and how did you find yourself in that role?
1: Before I was working at Hope in a Box, I actually was working at Georgetown University. I was working as the associate director of their LGBTQ resource center out there. And in my entire career, I've worked in nonprofits or educational settings and folks have always told me, You should be an executive director. You should be an ED. You should be Mm. an ED. And I would go, no, I don't want to do all that. It's too much responsibility. I'm not interested. (laughs) You know, you got to raise money because, you know, we're non So you got to raise money. I'm not interested in any of that. And, you know, sometimes those opportunities would come to me, and I just wouldn't take them. Mm -hmm. And one day, I was driving in my car, going home from, from an appointment. And I got a phone call from someone that was telling me about Hope in a Box and saying that they were going to have a position open and I should apply. And something in me said, just go ahead. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And I they offered the job to me. And I took it because I was like, this is finally that time mm-hmm. when I need to take the lead, not only because of the organization, but because of where I am in my life. I'm finally ready for that type of responsibility.
0: And what has led to your passion for LGBTQ community and really paving the way for a more inclusive environment, especially for children?
1: So that's an interesting one that people may not <laughs> you know, think correlates. But when I was five years old, I went on a ride with my grandfather as he took people to the polls to vote. Mm. And, he and picked, where is this? This is in Appomattox, Virginia. Some okay. people may have heard of it in their history class. <laughs> yes. And he took several people to the polls that day, mostly women. And, <laughs> you know, they reached in the back seat and handed me little starlight mints. And I liked that very much. <laughs> but in between rides, he would talk to me about the importance of voting and <laughs> why it was especially important for Black people to vote. Mm. And I didn't have the words for it at five, but I understood that my rights were fragile Mm. and that I would have to defend them.
0: Mm.
1: And that is when I decided that when I grew up, I was going to work in spaces that defended people's rights. Mm. And so that's how I came to Hope in a Box. But there were several places before that. I've worked for AmeriCorps. I've worked for the Girl Scouts. I've worked for the National Conference for Community and Justice. So I've done a lot of things in between, but it's always been towards human rights and defending people's human rights. Can you
0: educate our listeners
1: about the fragility of the LGBTQ
0: community, especially in rural environments, and really how it's much
1: different than urban areas? So I'll say that LGBTQ youth in in any area, um, and I'll get to rule in a second, there's fragility there, even if they're in accepted environments because you don't know you're in an accepted environment unless someone tells you, right? Sure. And so Hope in a Box, we're here to give books to youth because they don't see themselves anywhere Mm -hmm. in their education, right? And so it's really fragile when you don't see yourself Mm -hmm. because you think you're the only one and you feel really isolated or you think that you shouldn't be here and that you shouldn't be the person that, that you are. And we all know what that leads to with the LGBTQ youth that have higher rates of depression and suicide even, right? And that's that fragility. And we all know also, I think folks can relate to that when you are a young person, you try on all, all kinds of hats, right, mm-hmm. you try to be all kinds of things. And if you don't get the proper information, you can end up making some mistakes. And so if folks are not talking to LGBTQ youth about who they are and who they want to be, then they may go seek that information from places that aren't safe. And when it comes to rural areas and Title I schools, for the reason that we do it, I grew up in a rural area. The founder of Hope in the Box, Joe English, grew up in a rural area in New York. And it can feel isolating in so many ways in a rural area if you are different than Mm -hmm. the average person there. And I think that a lot of LGBTQ people want to be in rural areas. And that's sort of the thing that frustrates me because lots of people enjoy being in the country and doing those things. But I think rural areas have sort of been taken over by this idea that LGBTQ people aren't welcome. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean everyone. I live in a rural area and Everybody loves my wife. Like, you know, we go there. And so if I don't bring her, they're like, where is she? But (laughs) overall, I think when people think about Appomattox, they think about a conservative place. We went to a festival that we have in Appomattox and we took some friends from Baltimore and there was a Confederate flag flying. And that person was like, what? And it's just like don't, yes, that is problematic and all those things, but there are good people here. And so when, but LGBTQ youth, when all they hear are those things, they think that they should matter. And Title I schools are schools that don't have as much money and access to resources.
0: So how did these books help and how do you select mm-hmm. the literature that ends up in the box?
1: <laughs> so I'll start with the, how we select the literature. That's pretty easy. We make sure, of course, that the books have LGBTQ people in them. We want to make sure that they are diverse LGBTQ folks and not, you know, just, you know, stereotypical white gay man kind of thing right. or white gay child. So we go through a process and we haven't, you know, I haven't read every single book, but folks read books and then we talk about it and we figure out what's there. Uh, what should go on the list. But the ways that it helps these youth is we have these small groups for te- for educators And I met with them this weekend on Zoom, and they spoke about how the books that Hope in a Box provide facilitate discussion with students. Mm. For example, one of the educators spoke about the book King of the Dragonflies and how it helped a student that she was working with work through the death of someone,
0: Mm. right?
1: And what's really important to understand is the, the books that Hope in a Box provides are not only about LGBTQ people. They're about LGBTQ people living their lives, Mm -hmm. experiencing hardships and joys. And that's really important to know that LGBTQ people can experience joy. LGBTQ youth deserve to see themselves represented in so many different ways in books.
0: We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors.
2: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters, it seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National Companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed. Visit AmericanNational.com dine. I live in Chicago, and right about now, the leaves are falling and so are the temperatures. This makes me want to grab a glass of red, find a fire pit, and a cozy sweater. If you are looking for a wine recommendation, may I suggest the 2018 Hannah Cabernet from Sonoma County. If you prefer white wine, the 2021 Hannah Chardonnay is a great option. This female-led winery offers absolutely delicious options for your fall table. Great pairing with more savory dishes or to share a bottle with friends. Hannah Winery brings the rich and unique terroir of Sonoma County right to your home in every glass. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. Isn't it amazing the power of story? I think it is one of the most underrated skills, not only in business, but in life, mm-hmm. to express values, to share commonality and connect, to create connection, and to really show what's possible. And I feel like there's something very powerful about being able, instead of telling someone they're okay, having them read a story that shows they uh-huh. could be okay right? Absolutely. How do you use story in, in all that you do, not only for what's really the essence of hope in a box, but also how do you use story when it comes to fundraising and to really spread the message of what you're doing?
1: So we use story to give people, not just a lot of times when people talk about LGBTQ plus youth, they tell some, you know, sad story about a youth that has committed suicide or, you know, done something like that. And those things are absolutely tragic. And I'm not saying that those people shouldn't be aware of those things, but I think in hope in a box, what we try to do is focus on the educators and focus on how they are trying to teach these youth and give them a good foundation. Cause that's mm-hmm. what we do in our secondary education, right? We, we get our foundation. And so we focus on the educators that are in rural communities that are really isolated. And they talk about, you know, not being able to be too open about the books. And, you know, they might not be able to talk about the books in class, but what they can do is they can say here, to one student, you know, student to student, here's this book, right? Mm -hmm. And we like to tell those stories about the way the educators have been empowered
0: question for you Amina do you ever run up and I imagine you do do you ever run into resistance from the educators in these rural environments that maybe they don't want to teach this and they have their own bias and prejudices that affect you know their ability to communicate these stories
1: we don't run into that directly simply because the teacher self-selects to get a book they go mm-hmm. on our website and they you know, so they find groups. you. So they, yeah, they find us, but they talk about it in their small groups all the time. I, a teacher the other day um, when I was in a small group was talking about a teacher who she loves. And this person happens to be a LGBTQ person, a teacher who she loves, but the teacher is just like, but you're going to help. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. And the thing I think that people need to understand about that is Yes, it can be hate. But for that particular person, she's really concerned about the soul of that per- a person she likes and cares for. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you flip it like that and not just, oh, these people hate LGBTQ folks and try to really get deeper into it, I think it can help you understand how to, to work with that person. And so in the small groups, as an example of what Hope in a Box does, we sort of workshop to talk to that person about things that she could say and, you know, how she could work with that teacher. You know, it's you bring up such an interesting point because a lot
0: of people who listen to this podcast, they may not be a part of Hope in the Box or even have the books in their classroom, but they definitely want to create an environment for their children where everyone feels accepted. What do you say to that teacher? The books aside,
1: how do you create an inclusive environment? So that particular teacher that thinks that their coworkers going to hell because uh, she's a lesbian, I would say, but what message do you think that this sends to the LGBTQ youth in your class? And I would talk about the ways that it hurts more than it helps. I think because I said that this particular teacher is really concerned about the souls of people and they want people to you know, be well. And if I can say, I know you care about these students. And so your resistance is actually harming and I can talk about the ways that they harm. And inclusive classrooms means also checking language. You know, kids say, the worst thing you can be is a gay. Right. And so kids say that's okay or no homo or things like that. And you check that as soon as it happens. <laughs> right. Right. No tolerance. Like, nope. Create
0: a no tolerance environment.
1: Zero tolerance environment for anything, not just on LGBTQ stuff. Right. And you do what Hope in a Box does. You have books and lessons and things that include all kinds of people. And I would say that that type of inclusive education and what Hope in a Box does is not just good for LGBTQ students, it's good for straight and cisgender students as mm-hmm. well. Because we live in a diverse world. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand that there are different people out there. And then, like I said, King and the Dragonflies, it talks about death. One of the main characters has a death in his family. Straight students can relate to that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. it's a story for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's not just for LGBTQ people.
0: You know, At, at its very core, it comes down to Common kindness and kindness mm-hmm. is a value that is universal, and that every no, regardless of values or where you're coming from, that is something that should be paramount in teaching. So yeah. I feel like maybe that is some uh, a, a, almost like a gateway into talking to a teacher
1: too about creating inclusive environment. Absolutely, and one of the things I also have talked to teachers about in past jobs is that I'm not here to change your mind, right? Or to change any of your religious beliefs or any of that or political beliefs. What I'm here to do is make sure that you keep you safe. And here are the statistics and the information if it takes that, you know, here's some stories about youth in schools, if it takes that, but your job as a teacher, what you signed up for was to keep kids safe. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And this is not about, religion this is not about politics Mm -hmm. and believe it or not a lot of times that works and if they find out that you know protective factors for for youth is is what make just any youth go on to be a happy healthy adult correct Mm -hmm. with lgbtq youth that protective factor you you don't have to tell them that you think they're going to hell you can go ahead and think that but if you don't tell them you're actually not bringing them down Mm -hmm. Let's
0: talk a little bit about you You in this role at Hope in a Box. And as you have taken on this role, what do you see is your number one challenge or pain point that you see from where you sit?
1: So I would say my number one challenge is actually getting people to know that the organization is out there. So again, thank you for having me on this podcast. And, to, you know, we're a nonprofit. And so we depend tremendously on the donations of individuals and, you know, corporations. Right. And that has been my my big pain point is that people don't know we're there and we need to be out there like these teachers, these educators, because they're not all teachers that we work with are doing some amazing work, you know, in places like a reservation in New Mexico. Wow. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, they are doing mm-hmm. some amazing work in schools in Baltimore. And I want to elevate the work they're doing without necessarily, you know, giving their names. So that's been my pain point. We need to be more known. and needs to be more out there.
0: Have you done fundraising prior in your previous roles or is this new to you?
1: It's new to me in that I have not been, like I said, I never wanted to be an ED. <laughs> um, but I've been on an executive. But
0: here you are.
1: <laughs> here I am. I've been on an executive team before and helped with fundraising, but I haven't, you know, I'm the I feel like I'm the person that it stands on, right? That it stands on the shoulders. So yes, I have participated in fundraising and nonprofits before, but not on this level.
0: Well, this will be a challenge for you, won't you?
1: You're going to learn a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it definitely is. And I think that's what I was looking for. I am someone who is overeducated. This is what I how I describe myself because, you know, I have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a doctorate, like I'm, you know, I'm just getting all kinds of education. And I got my doctorate back in 2015 and I was looking For something, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're going to school, there there, there's challenges, and so I that's I was like, this is a challenge. It's not like you don't know anything about fundraising. It's just that you've never done it on this level. And for something that I care about this deeply, this is the thing that I want to fundraise for. Is hoping about.
0: And and that I think is the magic. You know, when you care about something, when you have the passion, when you live it, and you can communicate that your ability to fundraise is supercharged because it comes from a place of real
1: authenticity. Yep, absolutely. I am an LGBTQ person. I'm married um, to a woman who's a teacher, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I actually have been super fortunate in my family that my family has been super supportive. And like I said, they love my wife and other people in the small community in Appomattox. But I have friends that don't have families that are as supportive. And I also just live in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and things mm-hmm. happen. And I I talk often, I teach um, adjunct at Georgetown, and I talked often to my students about sometimes you have to make a choice of whether it's safe for you to say, oh, my wife is over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. If, you know, the service is going to change when the place that we are, I've seen that happen. Mm -hmm. And so even, you know, I've had a supportive family and tons of protective factors that have helped me to go and be this person that I am.
0: Mm -hmm. But I mean, let's just stop there. I mean, even how you just worded that speaks to the world that we live in, that we do not live in an inclusive world where you have to edit who you are who you're married to, depending on who you're in front of. I mean, you're, you're yes. basically editing, you're walking through life editing details of your life because you don't, you're not necessarily, because you're, you're smart, you're not necessarily sure you're safe. And mm-hmm. that's just your reality. That's your truth. And yes. that speaks to why there is hope in a box
1: and why it exists. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like I said, I am a person that had supportive family and friends. But the thing that I didn't have was an inclusive education, Mm. right? On all kinds of levels about sexual orientation, of course, but about race, about my gender. I grew up learning how to read on Dick and Jane books. And, you know, the younger people out there might not know who Dick and Jane are, Mm -hmm. but, you know, Dick and Jane and their little sister, Sally, they didn't look like me. Their family didn't even look like mine in all kinds of ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like the fundamentals of my education. Mm -hmm. And it was rooted in racism, Mm -hmm. sexism, among other things. And Hope in a Box wants to give young people a more inclusive foundation. Mm -hmm. in in their education. And that's why we actually have books from elementary school to high school. It's not Mm -hmm. just high school students.
0: What would you tell LGBTQ executives or leaders, no matter where they are, no matter if they are in corporate America, academia, Mm -hmm. And they are just getting started on this road. What advice would you give them, based on your wealth of knowledge? Not only with, as you said, your overeducation. <laughs> no one can anyone really be overeducated. I don't know.
1: <laughs> not necessarily, but that's just what I like to say about myself. So I would say, first of all, is that you're not going to figure it all out, and that's okay. Like, I think as young people, I know I was that young person, you know, you know what you want to do and you're going to go do it and it's going to you know, be in this order. <laughs> um, and that's not necessarily going to happen. And that's OK, because that's what leads you every, you know, failure in air quotes, leads you to another path. It's a lesson. So take those lessons and don't you ruminate on them in a way that makes you stop. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would also say. That if you are an LGBTQ person, be your most authentic self. And yes, you know, make smart choices if you don't think you're safe or that sort of thing. But especially in the workplace, if you don't feel safe, then what are you going to do about it? And it shouldn't be your job to make yourself feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. But if you are a leader in a workplace and you don't feel safe or other people, a lot of times if you're a leader, people come to you then you're going to have to take that on. So one, know if that's who you, of the person that you can be, right? Because everybody isn't cut out for that. Mm-hmm. But that's what's going to happen. And especially in things like teaching or places that are sort of dominated and like a people assume that people mm-hmm. are straight. If if you're out, people are going to come to you. For, you know, people who aren't, aren't even in your department other LGBTQ people are going to come to you. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you're providing space for those folks.
0: You know, it's so funny. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Arlen Hamilton. She's a venture capitalist. She, she has a um, a backstage capital fund. And she has she's written a book called It's About Damn Time. And she has this quote that I think is very fitting to what you just said. And she said, you have to be yourself so that the people who need to find you can find you. Yep. I'm, I'm butchering her quote, but that's the essence of it. And it it really is inspiration because there are people, no matter who you are in this world, mm-hmm. there are people who need to find you and draw inspiration from you and learn from you. And if you're not really yourself, they never will find you.
1: No, they, they will never find you. And even if they know who you are under the act, they will get the message that they should do the same thing Mm -hmm. and so it it won't be helpful and again you know like i said i I can't iterate this enough i'm not forcing anybody to be out but make sure your safety and that that sort of thing you you consider that because we don't want we know what can happen to people Mm -hmm.
0: how can people support you how can people find you people will be listening and they'll be interested um share a little bit about how people can find you sure you
1: can find us at um hopeinabox.org and you know if you're an educator and you want a box there's a button that says for educators click on that mm-hmm. if you are someone who wants to support the work we do you can click on the supporter box like as soon as you open up the page it's there and you can find out how to donate to us you can also find us on facebook and instagram and twitter just type in hope in a box and you will find us. And I hope folks find us for lots of ways. I hope teachers find us, educators find us so they can help LGBTQ youth. And I really hope that people support us.
0: And is, the, and is the process that the educator then has to pay for the box or is the box sent to them
1: for free? So if you're a rural school or a Title I school, the box is free. And we send you like 15 books. We send you quite a few books and you get some of the books have curriculums to them. You get that for free. You get coaching materials with the box and you get the community building that I talked about in the training. If you are not a rule or title one school, then you can pay for the box Mm -hmm. and you still get all of those things, Mm -hmm. um, but, but you do pay for the box. Yes. We would love to be able to just give these books out for free. But as you can imagine, it can be quite expensive.
0: I mean, thank you so much for this time. I have enjoyed hearing about Hope in a Box and I wish you the best of luck in this role. I know it won't be easy, but I think you're the the woman for the
1: job. So best of luck to you. Oh, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this conversation. And don't forget, come to DC. We're going to go and get Italian.
0: I'm ready. I am ready. (laughs) That sounds absolutely delicious. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For the Podcast, American National, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golmer. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon.